0: Broadway Podcast Network presents Giants in the Sky, How Sondheim and Pine Went Into the Woods, with me, Ben Rimmelauer. Today's guest, Ben Wright, the original Jack. Once upon a time... Yeah. Ben Wright originated the role of Jack in Into the Woods at the Old Globe in San Diego and recreated it in the original Broadway cast. He also originated the role of Wayne Frake in the Broadway stage adaptation of Rodgers and Hammerstein's State Fair. He also appeared opposite Charlene Woodard and future Into the Woods co-star Danielle Furland in George C. Wolfe's Paradise at Playwrights Horizons. More recently, he co-founded Biddy and Bo's Coffee, with 20 locations across 12 states, employing over 400 people with intellectual and developmental disabilities.
1: So, you know, I would say that I learned about Into the Woods we think about this, um, Ira Weitzman, and I'm sure he's a a, a common name that comes up um, yes. in New York City when it comes to the theater world. But you know, I had done a show at Playwrights Horizons when Andre Bishop and and uh, Ira were there, called Paradise, the same show that uh, where Danielle and I met each other, mm. and we played brother and sister, and that was a, a short lived intentionally short-lived show uh just a a limited engagement but um i went back to high school in indiana right which is where i grew up and um uh get a call from ira uh, about this this show this sondheim show that um is being done and of course my mother being the the theater uh lover that she she was she's since passed away but um she you know all the bells were going off, right? All <laughs> all the all the good feels were were happening. And uh and of course, you know, I wasn't really a, a theater junkie as a kid. I was I just kind of grew up doing theater, like from age seven it was the first time I hit a community theater stage. And I think I lost count after I'd done 25 separate productions of of shows, you know, over the years. But anyway, but that's how I learned about it. I recalled and said, Hey, you know, we're looking for um we're looking for somebody and uh is that story right though I get that confused with Paradise but but I'm pretty <laughs> sure that that's how it happened and they just remembered me from that and called me up and and I auditioned and uh, I think Steve and, and James were in the room on that first audition if memory serves because I think I only auditioned one time and this was for the production
0: at the Old Globe in San that's Diego right. that's exactly right and did you, um, unlike with Paradise, did you have a sense with this that this was a sort of pre-Broadway, this could be your big break,
1: you know? Yeah, I guess I did. Um, y- you know, the names associated with it, um, you know, were just unbelievable. So I think that that assumption was kind of a given. Um, oddly for me, you know, I was I was uh, not fully aware of the rarefied air in which I was um, uh, being pulled into. Yeah, there. and and all I could really think about was where am I going to go to college? You know, yeah. uh, instead of what what is a foot here? But um, but yeah, I think there was a notion that yeah, this is going to go. And and uh, I remember being out in, in San Diego. Uh, James had asked me and my mother to go to lunch there in Balboa Park, and uh, and he said uh, the show is going to Broadway, and we'd like you to come too. Wow, and uh, I'll never forget that
0: amazing so just backing up a little so you got you rehearsed that production in new york though at in the in the village i think at West mm-hmm. Beth. West westbeth theater yep theater complex sure did and what what do you remember about that that process
1: it was um it was interesting it was uh uh a lot of folks really trying to figure out what the heck we were doing, like what what the show was. Right? I mean, as you know, um, I don't need to explain to you what <laughs> what the what the context of the show is. But but you know that that's a that's an unusual thing to to do a live action like that. And and I think that um, uh, there was a lot of excitement in the room and a lot of um, uh, anxious anticipation in the room everybody wanting to get it right, I think, and, and do their very best. And, um, um, but it was, you know, it was a weird time because I was, I was just, I was a kid in high school from Indiana Mm -hmm. and just sort of pulled up and plopped down in New York city. And, uh, and, you know, I was a very lucky guy. I mean, I, you know, I, uh, being on Broadway, be having a professional theater career was not necessarily something that I aspired to do. It was, it sort of happened to me, um, I always um, I always like to say, you know, if my parents had put a, a football in my hand, maybe I would have been playing professional football. You know, <laughs> I mean, I just I, I from age seven, I mean, I did I did theater shows and I sang in a men and boys choir three times a week for from age nine to 14. And when you're singing sacred music like that, you really learn how to sing. Yeah. Wow. Right? I mean, there's there's harmonies just come naturally i I can sing any part here anything not because i read music really well but just because when i see that black marking on the page i know what note to sing Mm -hmm. but and wherever it is on there with sharps or flats or whatever i know what to sing but i but i couldn't sit down and play the piano no way right anyway you didn't ask me that but Well, that's interesting. That's very interesting.
0: Uh, People have said similar things about um, classical music in regards to Sondheim, that that training was so valuable in in singing this rich music that he wrote for this show. Um, And... um, would you say, so what grade were you in when you when you were rehearsing that San Diego production? Right,
1: right. So I think that was my senior year of high school, if memory serves, because I graduated high school in, in May of 87. Mm. The show, I literally graduated, spent a few months at home and moved to New York City, and we opened in November of 87. Yeah yeah that, so I that think was that, your college <laughs> yeah right right and I went to NYU as best I could doing eight shows a week um oh you know, right
0: from the beginning wow right out
1: of the gate yeah I just I was I was not about not to go to college that's just something that I wanted to do and 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 I was in there uh the Gallatin division which you might be familiar with it's yeah kind of for folks who are, are working um studying philosophy because that's what I wanted to do um and uh in any event, um, what was your question? So, okay,
0: so uh, San Diego, everyone. There's a lot of you know um, pressure figuring out exactly what this show is, which yeah. it's, it's hard for us to maybe nowadays um, quite appreciate that because the show seems so confident in itself and that that tone. But um, I understand that that was still something that was coming together, even if even if maybe. Um, James and Steven had more clear ideas in their head that there were things being experimented with um, and a lot of material coming in and going out. And I think even maybe you had a different version of Giants in the Sky at that point.
1: <laughs> I I think I did. And the part that I remember that I didn't have and then had was the very end, mm. right? There are big, tall, terrible, awesome, scary, wonderful Giants in the sky. That wasn't there originally. I don't think. I think I'm right about that. Somebody needs yeah. to fact check me on that. But that was not there. And I think Steve or James or together they thought uh, it needed that sort of button. And I remember a funny thing. James said uh, after we sort of laid that down and nailed that, and that's in fact what they what they wanted. Um, I had to dig down deep to hit that note. You know, my voice just didn't necessarily want to go up there and, and hit that the way I've heard some people hit it since then. But in any event, he said, you know. Can you do like a backflip? <laughs> I said, no, <laughs> I can't do a backflip, you know? And I, it was just funny to me. It, it you know, he's probably thinking, well, he's he's an actor, right? He's an actor, he so <laughs> he probably juggles too, you know. I don't know. But uh, but I you know, I was like, hey, you know, I'm a, a guy from Indiana who who evidently can sing fairly well. Uh, <laughs> act, acting is uh up to the uh the 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 viewer. Uh certainly not not a dancer, never claimed to be one. But uh in any event, I'll never forget that. Can you do a backflip? And uh sorry, but no. That's
0: so funny to hear you say that about the the high note because I think for fans of the show, it's just a really iconic uh vocal powerhouse moment from you oh. that that everyone remembers so well. Uh, you know, is one of the highlights of the show.
1: Well, it's very kind. You know, I would say to you that, you know, I we had done that show almost well, not two years uh, at the time of the taping, but I'd done it hundreds of times, right? So I had a lot of time to get my voice to the point where I could just do that note. Mm. Uh, but in the early going, it was like, you want me to do what? <laughs> <You know? laughs> but I'll tell you, interestingly, about back to the sacred music just for one second, I'll tell you one of the things that I think helped me a lot was, is breath control. You mm. know, um, that song um, is... You've gotta be able to breathe i think properly to sing that song um properly, and I just remember being a boy chorister and you know learning how to sing and sustain these phrases and and conserve your breath and give it the power and the and the push and the pull that 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 it needs and I think that was that was very helpful for me at least. In those, uh, I think you said, 25
0: shows that you had done uh, back in Indiana before uh, Into the Woods, mm-hmm. before Paradise, were there any Sondheim shows in that mix?
1: Great question. My instinct is no, not one. Not one. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm one of those people who uh, is very reluctant to get into any kind of trivia with musical theater because I always lose <laughs> because i just don't i just don't know my musical th- i know i know it fairly well but not like a lot of people know right. Not like probably you you're probably a uh encyclopedia about it but i'm certainly an into the woods encyclopedia yeah yeah morning. right right <laughs> right but uh no i don't think so you know i did i did um just a lot of community theater shows and some tours and you know even things like a mall in the night visitors you know john carl john uh i did that wow three different iterations of that uh at indiana university you know at the max center down there and toured with that troupe and stuff like that but uh, uh one of the most interesting shows i did was um it was called um, it was before big river came out it was called huck and jim oh wow and it was um it was written by well it was directed by josh logan remember josh oh, yeah of course yeah, back when he was he was getting up there. He was uh, but he was friends. I mean he
0: directed the original South Pacific, I think, in
1: like nineteen forty-two or something. I mean, that's I think forty-five. Right. Yeah. 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 So he wrote this show, or at least directed it. And a friend of mine, a friend of my mom's really this guy, Bruce Pomahack. I don't know if you know Bruce Pomahack, but no. he was sort of the archivist for um the Rodgers and Hammerstein library. Mm. Good, good friends with Ted Chapin and and that. Yeah. Group. And uh, in any event, um uh, I think he did the music for it, at least the musical direction, maybe he wrote some of the music for it. But, but that was an interesting show. But it turned out that and they did that in Indianapolis at Civic Theater there. And uh, I think Fade In, Fade Out, Big River is the one that, that made it to Broadway, not that one. But ironically, Bruce is the one who I ended up living with when I did the whole run of Into the Woods, lived wow. in, in the actor's building at 10th and 43rd.
0: I'm surprised that you actually didn't do Big River because it seems like you were the right age and type and, you know, certainly had the chops for it at that exact time. I mean, uh, how does how was it that you wound up doing Paradise in New York? Was that your first New York show?
1: It was. It was. So it again goes back to Ira. Um, you know, what happened was um, Nancy Carson, who's a I don't know if I've been out of touch with her for many decades, but she was like a uh young person's agent, right? Yeah. Nancy Carson, Carson Adler agency, I think it mm-hmm. was called. Anyway, um, she came to Indianapolis scouting for talent. Mm. And I, you know, I think paid 50 bucks or something. And, and I sang, a, you know, eight bars of something and did a, a little commercial and, you know, all these little things. And literally like 10 days later, she calls and says, um, you know, uh, uh, Playwrights Horizons is looking for a 16 year old redhead that can sing and I was 15. I had red hair. You wouldn't know it now, but I had I had red hair and evidently I could sing. So we flew up. I'm very competitive. I love to compete no matter what. And I went up and auditioned and darned if I didn't get the part. And so but that
0: did you when you were doing Paradise, were you hanging out uh, in town long enough to see shows, to see Big River and think, oh, I could do that or I could be in, you know, I'm trying to think of what the other uh shows of that era that had young people's roles were
1: yeah i if memory serves i auditioned for big river i Mm. remember auditioning for that and um i can't remember who i auditioned for i think i went to somebody's house even with my Uh mom and auditioned and i loved the music yeah i remember seeing that show and watching that show and just uh, who was it ron richardson played jim yeah I mean that guy's voice, the timbre in his voice, the mm-hmm. richness of his voice was just staggering to me. Yeah. I just I couldn't I I could listen to it twenty four seven. Um, so yeah, I mean you know there there were some thoughts of of being in some things and seeing some things, but you know I tell you Ben I was I I, I it, part of me wishes I could do it all over again because I I, I didn't know then what I know now. Mm. You know, I was too, I, I was too young. I think yeah. I think it it happened to me very quickly. Um, I, I didn't have to work myself up through the ranks, unless you consider doing shows from age seven every day of your life, n- not putting in your time. But you, you know what I mean. I didn't Different kinds say, of ranks. Yeah. Right. I we didn't did have to go to New York artistic, and live and, yeah. yeah, I didn't have just, to do cattle calls and right. casting, and, and I just like went up for my first audition ever and got it. Yeah. Right? And 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 then the first movie I ever auditioned for was an Oliver Stone film called Born on the Fourth of July. Oh sure, so yeah. First like major film I've ever auditioned for. Got it, mm. right? NBC Movie of the Week. You know, when I moved out to California, first thing I first thing I auditioned for in L.A. Got the role, right? I mean, it just all oh, such good fortune that that I really I knew it was I knew it was good fortune, but I didn't um, it didn't land in my soul like it does now.
0: Yes, I I like hearing you say "good fortune." I think Jack says that uh, (laughs) phrase. Um, So, uh, was all of that after NYU, going to LA, and doing "Born on the Fourth of July"? And it
1: was, yeah, yeah. I spent about a year and a half at at NYU, and um, and just it was just kind of too hard, yeah, a week and trying to do the studying that I wanted to do. And uh, yeah, and when the show closed, um,
0: so you left NYU before you left into the woods. Correct. And did you stay with Into the Woods the entire run,
1: except for about six weeks? And my understudy Jeff Blumenkrantz, yes, <laughs> uh, did the role, and I heard he was terrific. I never right. got to see him do it. Um, but yes, I was in in, in the Philippines uh, shooting Born on the Fourth of July for. Oh, like how cool! Six weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well,
0: certainly, I mean, at least people my age, we, that was a major movie. We all remember that with Tom Cruise and oh, Gary Sinise, gosh. and okay. um, yeah. Very powerful. Um, I've got to go back and find you in that movie now.
1: Um, Well, good luck. It's like, uh, where's Waldo? So, you know, if you find um, me, let me know. I want to see it.
0: So, uh, okay. So uh, you do Into the Woods. You have lunch in Balboa Park with James Lapine. He says, we we want you to go to Broadway. How exciting. Did he at that point know there was going to be this uh, workshop the following summer?
1: I don't recall if I knew that ahead of time or not. Um, I kind of think it, it came out fairly quickly that that, in fact, was the was going to be the deal. Yeah, yeah a workshop, well, and then if all, that all goes well, then we'll. And
0: we'll... that even the workshop was, you know, I guess uh, seven months or six months or so after you closed in San Diego, did you go home to Indiana, or was there any time in New York in between?
1: No, I went home to Indiana. I graduated high school. Yeah. And, um, you know, and got prepared to to move to New York.
0: I mean, Uh, that's pretty cool to be at your high school graduation. Everybody else is like going to college or getting a job or don't know what they're doing. And you're going to open on Broadway. Uh, Yeah,
1: Yeah. it was pretty spectacular, quite frankly. Yeah, it really, really was. I was very proud to be a part of that that production.
0: Your mother must have been so proud. Um, and 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 NYU. You weren't even doing it uh, one at a time. All right. For the last time, I am not on Ozempic. I made one little joke on this podcast, and everybody started calling me out, texting me, calling me cringe, whatever. I really was asked by people if I was on Ozempic, and as I told them, I am not. I am just eating factors, no prep, no mess meals, okay? Warmer, sunnier days are coming. Fire Island season is here. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors, fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. Make today the day you can. Kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? With 35 different meals and more than 60 add ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian-approved meals and ingredients you can trust. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. And kitchen time is kept to a minimum. They are ready in two minutes. No shopping, no prepping, no cooking, no cleanup. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or just simply to eat well balanced. Head to factormeals.com slash giants in the sky fifty and use code GIANTS IN THE SKY fifty to get fifty percent off your first box plus twenty percent off your next month. That's code GIANTS IN THE SKY fifty at factormeals.com slash GIANTS IN THE fifty to get fifty percent off your first box plus twenty percent off your next month while your subscription is active. A woohooer, a hand clap a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18+. So now let me ask you, because I'm so curious about that that summer workshop and uh, luckily, you know, people like you and Danielle, who were uh, young at the time, uh, I think have clearer memories than some of the people who, you know, so much time has gone by. And also because you were young, I think the experiences were imprinted in a different way because everything mm-hmm. was, you know, like a first for you. So Perfect. what can you tell me about about that workshop?
1: yeah. Well, I remember a couple of things fairly vividly. I, th- I think we, we work, we did that workshop at 890 Broadway. Mm-hmm. And I just loved that building. Right. Mm. I mean, I just remember like just interesting little things that would happen, like, like, you know, the, the, the manned elevator opening and mm. stepping in and looking to my left. And there's Mikhail Baryshnikov going, going up, you know, to his rehearsal, whatever he was doing, you know, and it just, just just wonderful, neat little things like that that would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I remember that being a, a just a, a wonderful time. Um, I remember uh, Betty Buckley was the witch, mm. if, if I'm right about my timing. Yeah, she was the witch, and and the way I remember the story, I don't want to uh, throw anybody under the bus here, but I remember she brought her dog to rehearsal, and the story that, that I heard. And I may be wrong about this, but this is how I vividly remember it. We took a break, and Betty asked James to walk her dog. Oh, <laughs> Ben! The next thing I know, James comes back upstairs, and Betty Buckley doesn't. Wow! He's being replaced. Now I may have totally made that up, but that is how <laughs> that is how I remember it. That that uh, it was just sort of the the straw that broke the camel's back, uh, you know. That may maybe I may be all wet on that, but that is how Ben Wright remembers. That's what, hilarious. I, was, I mean, I I've heard a lot of different
0: stories. I'm very hard, trying very hard to talk to Betty herself and get her version uh-huh. of it. Um, but that's interesting. I mean, so as you recall, she did not complete the workshop.
1: That's what I recall. Yeah, I, that she didn't, re- she didn't complete it. Like all of a sudden she was out and I feel like. Yeah, I may be wrong about that, because I remember I was at Kings Island just riding rides uh, before the workshop started. And wait a minute. And and I remember getting a call from from my agent saying that that uh, Bernadette Peters was going to take that role. So that doesn't make sense what I'm saying. So I much mean their youthful memory, Ben. I,
0: well, I I you know I cuz I know the workshop was very very close to Broadway. Like mm-hmm. I think the workshop was June or July, possibly even into August. Yeah. And you had maybe like a month off before you started Broadway rehearsals. Yeah. And then some people have talked about a reading at a townhouse before Broadway rehearsals started, which was with the Broadway cast uh including Bernadette and that that was the first time people uh, were most people became aware that Bernadette was now playing the witch or even that Betty was not.
1: Um,
0: But I've generally heard that Betty had completed, I guess there was two or three invited presentations of the workshop and that Betty had gotten the end of those
1: yeah it she may have i just i just remember that I, I can see it in i can see it happening in in the studio up there but maybe well maybe. i've definitely heard other people talk about her dog um, <laughs> have so you really
0: you're not you're not hallucinating uh a pet where there was none
1: yeah um, hey listen i have no beef with betty you know first of all yes. dogs need to be walked so you yes just gotta they make do. sure you ask the right person to walk your dog Yeah. <laughs> A and B, you know, man, could that wo- that woman can sing? She's yeah. that the songs for the oh my gosh, I mean, breathtaking the way that her her vocal cords, unbelievable, unbelievable.
0: Yeah, I mean, the one of the things I find most intriguing about the stories about Betty is. Just what my I mean, as fabulous, of course, as Bernadette was, I mean, such an iconic performance that she gave. No but doubt. when I I just would give anything to have heard Betty singing uh, any of those songs, you know, I guess Betty didn't have Last Midnight. She had um, Boom Crunch in place of that. But I believe she did have um the ballad Stay With Me, which is, you know, just so beautiful.
1: That's the one that I remember her singing that was just um it was just electrifying. It's mm. Just absolutely the, the power in her voice when she sang that particular song was jaw-dropping. Uh to me at least. And uh and of course Bernadette too, that brought her yeah. her, her, her unique that only Bernadette can do. But but, oh, my gosh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you remember anything else about Betty's performance? I'm so curious uh, how it would have been different in terms of the acting or, or any other aspect.
1: Yeah, you know, I don't remember much about it. Um, I was sort of in my own little 17-year-old world. You know? yes. Um, I just remember her seeming very professional, uh, very down to business, um, very no-nonsense. I don't remember a lot of chit-chat you know, I think she was friendly enough to me uh, and everybody else, but but um, it was just that voice is what I remember, you know, because yeah. we were in different things. I remember Bernadette used to wear like a, a cape with like, I think she had like an, a piece of elastic that kind of bent her over a little bit that mm. was connected to her leg or to her ankle to kind of get that hunch that she was trying to develop for the role. and, mm. um, and At least that's, again, that's what I remember. But
0: Was there anything about Uh, your physicality or movement that you remember being uh, working with either independently or that you were directed to do sort of, you know, to create this Jack character? Yeah.
1: yeah. The quick answer is no, I don't remember (laughs) Uh, anybody's, you know, James or anyone else or Lars saying, yeah, let's do that. Um, I kind of felt like they just sort of left me alone. You know, they just kind of let me bring what I brought to it uh it was and uh um you know I never tried to play Jack like a dope yeah you know I never you know like a like he was a dim-witted in any Mm -hmm. way I just I just tried to play him sincerely Mm -hmm. and, and try not to goof him up too much right I just I don't know that just didn't that didn't resonate with me yeah, he seemed to just be kind of a sheltered kid that yeah that wanted to be a man and get out into the world and and you know and earn his stripes right and he wasn't permitted to do it.
0: Yeah, well, speaking of him being sheltered, of course, you were working with the late great uh, Barbara Bryn as your mm-hmm. mother, and uh, the two of you seemed to have a great uh, dynamic. Watching on the video, what what do you remember about working with her?
1: just the 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 sweetest nicest kindest most professional actress that i've ever met uh just consummate professional um always on time all yeah i mean just checks all the boxes right yeah and um I always thought it was funny that that we were sort of uh, funny, haha, funny, but just it was an interesting casting choice that I was my age and she was her age and she was my mother. And just I, I loved that sort of layer to it, that sort of questioning of, you know, of of, of the relationship there. Um, but Barbara was just. Um, we you had- mean that you mean
0: that she was presumably too old to actually be your mother? Right. Yeah. yeah. She yeah. was like a grandmother's age and you were still, you know, basically a kid.
1: Right, right. And 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 she was such a lovely diminutive uh yeah. person. You're right in stature, right? She yeah, I don't know how tall she was, but I bet I bet she was 4'11", something like that. Yeah. She was a very, yeah. very diminutive person. And here I am, you know, like six feet, just felt like I was towering over her. And it just it was it was there's some there was some visual comedy in that, I think.
0: That's funny that you're six feet tall, you know, in the video. I think partly the, they did such a good job and Hold Ward's costuming of Jack is so, like, boyish. I mean, it's almost like a Pinocchio or something. Like, <laughs> right. I wouldn't have guessed you were as tall as six feet. That's so interesting.
1: That's funny you say that because most people, when they when they talk to me about that role, and they, they say, oh, my gosh, I thought you were really tall. I thought you were, like, 6'4". <laughs> Uh, and and when I say I'm six feet, that's if I really stand up straight. <laughs> well, you've got a lot on me, so I, I, t- I'm impressed. <laughs>
0: um, what about with the rest of the cast? I mean, it, there, a lot of them were Broadway veterans, and and this was also new for you. What what do you remember learning from them, or just learning in this uh, new experience you had?
1: Yeah, you know, that's a really interesting question. It it was it was such a Looking back, it was such a um, such a, a remarkable group of people who certainly started the show. But then, even when people left and and you know other people filled in the roles, excellent group of folks too. But you know, I I think what I learned Ben is that if you do a, if you get the right combination of luck and timing and and skill and talent, all those things happen for you there's so many talented people in the world that just the break never happens i'm afraid but if like me you 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 really everything comes together and, and you get lucky and you do a good job right you're reliable you do a good job you just do the basics right i feel like you can be in that broadway community as long as you want yeah right because because you know i remember that uh Went into the woods closed. I went out to L.A. for a little bit. Then I decided to go back to Indiana to go to IU. And I wasn't in in classes for one week. And guess who called again? Ira. Oh, my God. Ira. Ira. And Ira says, hey, um, Steve wants you to come up and audition for um, John Hinckley Jr. and Assassins. Oh, wow. And I said, oh, my gosh. I just started college, right? I was at NYU. I left. Then I just went to, you know. New York and then to LA and then back to college. And I'm a week in college. He says, you want to come audition? And I couldn't help myself. I said, of course. (laughs) So I go up, I audition for John Hinckley Jr. They're at Playwrights Horizons. And they offered me the part. Wow. And I said, can I have a week to think about it? And he said, yes, of course. So the first day it was... I'm dropping out of school. I'm going to go do the show. The next day it was, I can't do that. I got to stay. So it was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And you know, the end of the story, I finally said, Ira, I just, I can't, I can't do it. And I don't regret that um, because you you can't regret things like that, but B, because if I had done the show, I probably never would have met my wife.
0: Oh, that's so funny. I assumed because you and your wife were in state fair together that you had met. I made up a story that you met on state fair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, we, we, um, uh, the funny story about meeting my wife is, is that she came with her high school. She's two years younger than me. She came to her high school with her high school to see into the woods back in 88 oh. or 89. And her story is they sat. she sat in the back row of the balcony. It was very warm up there, and she fell asleep during the second act. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's the story. So we'd actually sort of been in the same room uh, well before we met, but we didn't meet on that trip. We met uh, when I uh, went to the University of Cincinnati for one quarter, and she was a senior there, and Mm. uh, and we met there in 1992. But um, and then did State Fair in in 96. Um, Yeah, yeah. But anyway. So, okay. So, well, that's lovely though, to have
0: at least been offered a, another Sondheim show with, with oh, a different my... director in that case, Jerry Zacks, and Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, Victor Garber was in that. Oh yeah. Quite I a mean, cast. It, it was just a, and, and I, I remember I, uh, Steve, uh, invited me to opening night and I, and I went up and I saw the show opening night and it was spectacular. I was just sort of sick about the whole thing. Yeah. I didn't do it. Um, but I think uh, Greg, what's his name? Greg Germ- Germain? Greg or German. German, yes, German. Yeah. I'm not sure how that's you
0: say it. He was people know him from um, Ali McBeal and TV. Right. But that's right. but he was started off in Sondheim's Assassins. Yeah.
1: yeah, and he was terrific. And um, you know, so uh and I remember going to Steve's place in, in Turtle Bay for the the party afterwards, and John Wideman was there and they were all just sort of you know, rib. You know, sort of poking at me a little bit. You know, I remember Steve <laughs> said, "I guess the the part wasn't big enough for you." Is that right? <laughs> I said, "No, no, no, no." You know, but uh, just what, what, yeah, what, what a great, what a great, uh, what a great show that was. I, I wish I'd been part of it.
0: In a did you maintain things. that relationship with Zontime over the years after that?
1: I did for a, a long time. Um, he was, you know, very kind and generous, and and, and we got along quite well and. And he was just always very, very kind to me, very, very um, generous with me. Um, But over time, I sort of, you know, I kind of, I've kind of have spent the last 30 years of my life unwinding myself from, from the first 20 years of my life. <laughs> I think, and I think a lot of people can probably relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, I kind of lost touch with them uh, a little bit, but, you know, we had so many reunions, whether it was Seegers from center or, right. or bam or, or the 10 year anniversary that I think yes, on Broadway. Yeah. Where was that? The palace theater. I can't remember. I think it was, yes, it was on... where, anywhere. Uh, but yeah, we'd stay in touch and, and talk and chat and, you know, um, I always liked it,
0: and going back again in the Broadway run when uh, cast members came back for you to film a few performances for the um, American Playhouse broadcast, do you remember anything um, from that 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 struck you as as interesting at the time? I mean, uh, I guess was that would that have been before you were out for six weeks to film um, born in the Fourth of July?
1: Yeah, I can't remember if that was filmed before I did Born on the 4th or after. I want to say it was after, Ben, because I remember, um, but I'm just guessing. I remember having a conversation with James that um, he told me, when I got back from the Philippines, he said, you know, the show's going to be closing in the fall. Do you want to come back and finish it out? Mm. And I said, yeah, I would like to do that. But I, I don't remember when if we did that before or after. I mean, do
0: you do you remember thinking about that um, filming in as, as someone who was a young te- film and television actor? You know, do you remember having a different approach to that, knowing the, to play to the cameras and that you were creating this um, filmed record of Into the Woods?
1: Yeah, you know, I think my 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 notion with that at the time was this is going to be filmed and it's going to live in the Lincoln Center archives. Mm. And yeah. you have to go sit down and and watch it if you want to, and that's the extent of it, yeah, and we all know the rest of the story. It's just become this this asset that people watch and you know is is the threshold musical for for a lot of people. I've had people come up to you know we get these touring groups through we're, through wilmington where i live and and these young people show up and they say, "You're why I'm in the theater." Absolutely, I mean, that's that's humbling. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, it, it, should I say thank you? Are you happy in the theater? Or <laughs> but um, but you know, it it that it, I, we had, I had no idea that that the show was going to take on the life that it has. No, no one did. No one could yeah. possibly have known that. Um, but no, I just tried to I just tried to do an authentic performance. I I knew where the cameras were. I saw where they were. I, I did my best to figure out what kind of sight lines I was going to use. Uh, but I remember Chip Zion saying something that I took as a compliment, maybe it, was, it wasn't a compliment, but he said, you know, Joanna and I were watching your, your performance on the playback of Giants in the Sky on that recording and, and he said something like your the the clarity in your eyes you you it's like you never blinked. Mm-hmm. Right there, there was it was there was just a there was a focus there that was just, and I, maybe he was saying hey blink once in a while, pal, you know, you you look like a robot up there. But I think he was saying that he liked that. And, and, you know, I I never took acting lessons. I I was just, I just, I I operate 101% off of instinct. Um, That's how I've always done it, which doesn't make it good. It just makes it how I do it.
0: Well, it certainly was good. Um, I mean, I think you're spot on. I firmly believe that uh, that, that, that video. So ideally produced is really um i mean not just a a, as you said threshold for people in theater but just for fans everywhere it's really their gateway certainly to Stephen sondheim and i think in many cases to musicals and to theater in general um and uh you know and i I think that legacy continues to grow and, and i think when we see these um Subsequent productions and even the Disney film of Into the Woods, they owe such a debt to that existing. Um, ha- have you been involved in any other incarnations of Into the Woods since
1: then? No, no, I haven't. Um, unless I'm forgetting something, yeah, <laughs> remember that. I've seen a few productions, but very few. Yeah, very few productions mostly like June into the woods junior sure. productions right um but no i I, re- I don't believe that i have outside of the you know the the reunions that were done
0: yeah well those are those are well listen it's not too late there's still quite a few parts in into the woods you you could do
1: hey, i'll tell you what I, I i the my favorite song in the whole show is um in no more yeah i, I mean the father and the son uh singing that song. i mean i i would I would love to do that, um, just to sing that song. Mm, what a great, absolutely, song. yeah, yeah. You never know, you never know. I've been out of out of show business for a long time, but I might come back for the right thing. Who knows?
0: Yes, yes.
1: Um, have you done
0: other Sondheim shows uh, in elsewhere uh, ever since Into the Woods? No, no, I really haven't.
1: No, I really haven't. You know, after after Into the Woods, the the next show I did really was was State Fair. Yeah um and uh and that's where amy did that with me um but then you know i i was um offered the role of this uh the brother in scarlet pimpernel do you remember that mm, show sure um i think it was Carolee Carmello carmelo uh and i and um she played the the sister i can't remember the, the roles and all that stuff but, yeah but i was married and and at that point had just moved and bought a new house in north carolina and i was like now they wanted me to come up and do the. and i, I once again i said I just can't do it.
0: That was Uh, an easier one to turn down than Assassins, (laughs) I bet. Right.
1: right,
0: Indeed. (laughs) Speaking of someone who saw both shows. Yeah. um, Yeah. But uh that's interesting. Um, and uh and what what did come next for you after after you left show business, as you say? What
1: yeah, so you know, I remember being um, let's see, after State Fair, I got this show called Hot Mikado hmm that was done at the Ford's Theater um in DC. And it was actually, I think it got picked up by the Niederlanders to go to Broadway, but I don't it ended up not going, but it didn't matter to me because I was just like, I'm just not I'm just don't want to do theater anymore. I just that's just where I was in my life. And and I was gonna move and down to North Carolina with with Amy and where her family lived. And her dad, very Graciously offered me a job in his manufacturing company. You know, I never would have gotten that job because I didn't know the first thing about it, but, but I uh, just learned on the job type thing. But that, but that's what I did. I just went and sort of tried to have the kind of life that I thought I wanted to have, which is sort of not the gypsy life, right? Not the, yeah, the, the going here, there, or, or yonder. Cause I really had sort of done that since I was a kid. Yeah. And I just wanted, I just didn't think I wanted that for my life. Yeah. So I I I didn't choose it. I just I just voluntarily extracted myself from it. And and the, and the story that I tell Ben is, you know, I encountered so many people uh, like myself, um, you know, who wanted it so badly, right? I mean, just would give give their right leg for it, right? And and here I was getting so lucky on some things, and it made me feel badly. You know, I just I was like, I need to. I need to get out of the way. These mm. guys are talented, they're hungry, they want it. And I've just got things falling in my lap here. And what a schmuck am I to, to to do that, you know? So I just extracted myself from it. And again, no regrets, right? I've I've had an incredible last 30 years. And um, so life was, you know, I worked for him for a while. And then I got into retail brokerage uh, because, you know, I started investing money when I was a, a kid, you know, because I was making money as, a, as an actor. Smart. As
0: a God, uh,
1: you know, and, and I just never lost my interest in it. It was one of the few things that it was like, you know, what are you really in, What are you really interested in? Investing oddly enough was, was one of those things. So I built up this book of business over 20 years and ended up selling it um, a few years ago to um, another group uh, out of Raleigh, North Carolina, and joined my wife full time in this coffee shop enterprise that we have.
0: Oh, how cool. And now you're together again in that. That's you're awesome.
1: Yes. Yes, indeed. Well, well, everyone uh, listening,
0: if you're in Raleigh, we should we should go. What's the name of the coffee shop?
1: Yeah, so actually, we it's uh, we're headquartered in Wilmington, North Carolina, which is right on the coast. Uh, it's called Biddy B i t t y Biddy and Bo's, like Beauregard Biddy and yeah. Bow's Coffee, and that, those are the nicknames. You've never heard of this coffee shop, have you? No. Uh-uh. Okay, so Biddy and Bo are our two youngest kids, and all four of our kids are biological to me and Amy. So we did not adopt anyone. But both Bo and Biddy were born to us with Down syndrome,
0: which is
1: so statistically rare that there are no statistics on it. And then our oldest daughter, who's almost 25, uh, is on the autism spectrum. And then our 23-year-old, who actually graduated NYU Film and TV, uh, is our only typically developing child. But the long story short is we have about 18 coffee shops spread out over 12 different oh stores. wow yeah this is not yeah. a coffee
0: shop <laughs> right
1: right so well, this is more convenient people can go to biddy and bo's yeah places. yeah closely if you're in new york closest one's probably dc we're going to be up in in cambridge in boston pretty soon but in any oh, event right but that the whole deal with it is and i know that's not what this is about but but um of people with intellectual and developmental disabilities don't have jobs because they can't get jobs because Mm. it doesn't occur to the business community that they could be employable. Right. Yeah. So we're kind of out to dispel that, that, that what we call a myth. And uh, so we have over 400 employees with intellectual and developmental disabilities who work in our coffee shops.
0: How wonderful. I mean, wow, this is, this is not just good coffee. This is a good cause as well. (laughs) I mean, well, you listen. It's related too. I mean, this goes back to no one is alone, and children will listen. And a lot of the themes that that we're looking at, it sounds like it it is stuff that has been a part of your life's work in in various ways.
1: It's it's absolutely true, and yeah, who knew that the 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 proverbial bean was going to be such a, a theme in my life? <laughs> the
0: bean, <right>? yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Oh, I love that, Ben. Uh, well, uh, thank you so much for sharing all that with me. It's really wonderful to chat with you. Oh, and um we will uh continue uh to hope that we'll see we'll see the next Ben Wright performance of Sondheim or something else.
1: Hey, you never know. You never know. And Ben, uh, just uh thank you for for doing this. I mean, this is just uh selfishly just for my 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 kids are so excited to to be turned on to your podcast and to hear the stories that from from other people besides me right who can really fill in a lot of gaps and put a lot of color on some things so thank you for for being the documentarian of this it's really it's a gift to everybody thank you
0: well my pleasure i appreciate you saying that it's listen there's so many of us that are such fans of the work that you all did that we we just want to know everything Thank you for listening to Giants in the Sky, how Sondheim and Lapine went into the woods on the Broadway Podcast Network. Look out for episode 38 with Douglas Sills, Rapunzel's prince on the national tour.